Welcome, my fellow tech enthusiasts, to another edition of Tech Watch Radio. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. Brought to you by Network Providers Incorporated. Networkpridersinc.com for that website for the podcast. It's npitechguys.com because we are the tech guys and we keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. I've got Newman with me. He's the chief security officer for Network Providers. I'm a consultant for the same company. And we do this podcast really to cover all things related to tech. Like I say, we keep an eye on tech so you don't have to, which, which means sometimes we talk about technology just for fun. We talked about the Consumer Electronics Show, for example. We talked about the new uh, Apple Vision, whatever the heck that thing's going to end up being. It's pretty vague, but kind of neat, and but it's futuristic. We talked about, uh, you know, pulling water out of the air with this new machine that was at the CES show. We talk about that kind of stuff for fun and to keep everybody up to speed. But we also talk about serious business concern topics as well, because they're the ones that really matter for businesses and people that, hey, they don't want to do everything with tech. And what they need really is a part-time tech team to surround them. Uh, so that they can get the right guidance and answers and do it right the first time. Sean, welcome. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. All right. I want to talk about computer use policies today. You know, there's a lot of things that you didn't put in place for IT for your company. And, you know, when your company's small, you don't think it's a big deal. Or, you know, 30 years ago, it wasn't a big deal. But now it's a huge deal with the way people are using their machines, their computers, their devices, etc., and uh, so we're talking about a computer use policy. You need to have one. NPI can start you out with a basic one, and then it kind of gets customized to the company, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Because uh, the computer use policy, really what its purpose is, is to define the boundaries of roles. And the boundaries of roles would be management, technology services, and end user. Now I'm going to add... Uh, I want to kind of change computer use policy to really a device use policy because it's Correct. becoming more and more that way too, right? Oh, yes. And the computer use policy can also be added for mobile phones, things like that, because a lot of businesses are buying phones for the employees to use. I, I carry two phones at MPI, my personal one and my business one. Is the policy complex? Is it hard? And the answer to that question is it doesn't have to be. But the answer is it's getting more complicated every day because the use cases are increasing every day, right? Oh, my gosh, it is. Uh, the, the biggest thing is, is that I've written a 17-page computer use policy that outlines everything, including federal and state laws, just for Utah alone, that what can happen if users do certain things to break things because – Ultimately, you've got to ask some questions at the end of the day of, are my employees causing me to lose money? How much time are they spending shopping for their personal stuff or personal emails? Now, here's the kicker with that. So if they get an email on their personal email, which is not the company one, which would be protected by like iron scales or some phishing technique, now you're fully at risk because they might have downloaded something to the computer. And so you also look at, are they syncing their home favorites to the personal computer or the company computer? These are all things that a lot of people don't really think about. I do because I'm a geek with no life and I love security. So <laughs> <laughs> either that or you're an incredibly valuable person to be on somebody's tech team, right? There you go. That's correct. So. I mean, it, it covers everything from email usage. You know, the fact is, is that a lot of companies are 
are on the hook for the etiquette that's put into the emails that goes to other companies. So if you have somebody that's quitting and you don't kill their internet and their email immediately, they could actually be very disgruntled and send a message to multiple customers without you knowing because this has to all be done on a timely fashion to keep security at the forefront. And they could actually cost you customers. They could cost you HR liability problems within courts, things like that. It seems to me that this policy can start out simple too. And you got to kind of just start out and say, look, do you supply a simple questions can kind of get people on track for this one. Do you supply your employees computers or do they supply their own? If you supply the computers, then you have a lot more control than if they supply their own, for instance. Uh, When you say, I'm going to give somebody a device, what are they allowed to do with it? Are they allowed to do personal things with it? Or is it very clear to this is for business and you need to have your own personal computer or phone or tablet or whatever we're talking about? It starts with basic questions like that and then it grows. So if I supply the computers, then, okay, I have the right to say what we do with them. Then do I put, for example, a list of approved software on it? Do I make a list so that people can know, hey, and do I make it to where nobody can install anything that's not approved? How, how hard do I want to clamp down? And I find a lot of the clients that I deal with at first were very, very vague. But over time, when they see what happens, they start to want to define and create that pol- advance that policy forward, right? Correct. And that's where this policy, it's a guideline. So what it is, is it's written very strict, like, like ridiculously strict to where the users, if they, if they do anything, you know, they, they suffer the consequences. It can always be eased back because I allow the customers to actually modify the document to ease back. You know, I don't want to just be a jerk. I want them to be able to also have fun at work and things like that. Well, that's great and valid, but what if their computer is, is hacked? They don't say anything because it wasn't in the rules to notify any department. Or they're scared to get fired or be in trouble. Correct. So legitimately they're not mentioning it because they're, I mean, they're into self-preservation, right? Exactly. And we had that same thing happen with a company in Vegas where the employee didn't say anything. They were ransomed. And then as I was cleaning his machine, I found out he was the source and he confessed and said, well, <laughs> yeah, it, it was me. I just, I didn't want to be fired. And this is a valid concern. So if it's in this policies and procedures document of computer use policy, now the employee understands that, okay, it's a mistake, but I do have to notify IT immediately because we need to change all the passwords. There is a way forward. People don't need to be, what we need to do is in our use policy, we need to put everybody um, on the same page in terms of expectations and aligned. Okay, one of the, the mistakes business people make a lot of times is they're not aligned throughout their company. You want everybody aligned in the same positive outcomes. And these policies are how we set the, the parameters to, to align everybody with the same goals and desires. That's where it starts, right? Exactly. It's, it's kind of like with kids. They don't want to hear the word boundary. They want to hear guidelines, you know, but it's actually a boundary that we have to, we have to document and process so that everybody is on the same playing field. For instance, if your company does not want passwords saved into Google, how are we going to manage that? How are we going to make sure that policy is in place? And when people break that, we need to provide training and that needs to be documented that they have to use training or providing phishing. 
state in the document that, hey, we're going to provide fishing training and we're going to we're going to try you guys. And if you fail on it, hey, we've got this fishing campaign that will actually take you to a video and show you why you failed or why you clicked on that because it was so good. And we've got to really be clear about this. We're talking about fishing prevention. And when we say fishing, it's a PH. It's a computer PH. term. Not, you know, you're not out there on the, on the bank of the river kind of stuff. I mean, I know that sounds laughable, but to some people to understand, yeah. this is where the fishing um, happens, where they basically exploit you or they betray you. Oftentimes, it's pretexting. They get you to do something that you wouldn't normally do and give them a piece of information, and then they use that information against you. Uh, and this is prevention for all this stuff that we're talking about. And we're saying, hey, there's ways to prevent it. And if somebody makes a mistake, then you know what? We can help train them. And one of the things that NPI does is send out um, training fishing realities. So it's real in your email. You get it. If you do the wrong thing, good news. It was us. There's no harm, no foul. Now it's an opportunity for training so that when the real one comes down, you don't fall for it. You don't do it. Exactly. And that's, that's ultimately, it's been one of our best things is to provide that and security awareness. A lot of customers take uh, the opportunity that once every quarter or maybe every six months, they have us come in and talk to employees about what the new scams are, what the new uh, viruses are taking over, things like that, so that we're not there to just completely scare the living daylights out of the end user. What we're there to do is say, hey, this is happening. And if we keep communication open and these this computer use policy in place and update it quarterly, we can try to bypass these. We can't promise that it won't happen, but we have really good ability to be proactive on this and not allow it to happen as deep as it could be. And I always explain to people the weakest link, believe it or not, is humans. Because humans are a trusting lot for the most part, and they and they make mistakes. And they don't. So we're not. You are the best security solution, and you're also the biggest security concern. And that all comes down to how well we practice together, how well we spend time and train, and have you uh, kind of get become cognizant of what to look for when you get a an email that's not good, or when you get some of these things. How do you make sure that you don't do something that causes problems? And so training people not to be the worst link. Uh, and then they can become the best strength with training, right? That's correct. And that's where we come in is that because uh, a lot of companies say, well, we wanted to do a computer use policy, but we really didn't know where to start. Well, guess what? Network providers can provide that um, through, uh, especially our customers. They have benefited so much by this computer use policy because now they have everything documented. They have everything in place and the users know hey yeah we do have software that's going to track how long you're on google what you know different things like that because some companies require that because they need to uh, document it for their regulations that they have things like that so folks the security compliance we're talking about it has to do with the preventive prevention of theft information we don't, we don't want your stuff being stolen, right? So it, it's that. It's also time management to make sure that you're getting really the time out of your employees you need. You don't want them to be stuck on something. I always say a good IT day is when you don't think about IT. It just works. A bad IT day is when you're thinking, how do I get a hold of this IT guy to solve this crap? I got, that's a bad IT day because you're frustrated, right? Um, and Nick Burns comes in. <laughs> <laughs> but there's risks to the business that we need to manage. There's time management. 
there's uh, all kinds of different things that can come your way that become a problem. Um, you know, and you got to assign people to these things, right, Newman? Correct. And that's where, you know, a lot of uh, we, we talked about uh, tabletop discussions in uh, the last show. And really, tabletop discussions are a way to help management and everybody see the need of conforming to this policy. Maybe we need to update it, not be so strict here, but be a little more strict here in this area, like email and say, look, we're going to monitor the emails because as a company, we're liable. And we need to make sure that we've covered all our bases. Same with access to the file server. Who says that they can't go into their personal email, attach a file that's got all the customer names, send it to himself, and then they leave the company and you wonder why your customers are leaving. These are all things that you have to set up guards and protect. And we can cover other stuff like this later on, but the key is making sure the user understands that they are liable. And that's where, like for instance, we have some companies where they have a login for everybody. And when we come in, we change that and we say, so where's the liability on Betty if she logs in as user? There isn't. She can get away with anything and you can't do much about it in terms of the fact that you're not documented and have this policy in place. Now, at your own company, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to think about people and places. You know, they always talk about the right seat on the bus. you got to get the right people in the right places. Well, the same thing's true with IT. So, you know what? Outsourcing your IT to somebody, you can even have an internal person that's kind of the coordinator or whatever else. But it's important when we talk about who is liable to put names and, and people to things. Usually, an operations manager is a good one. Or if you have an IT person internally, or sometimes there's... Uh, an on-premise IT person that actually works for the outsourced company. I've seen it done that way a lot. Uh, but getting that in place to say, hey, who do we coordinate with? And so at one company that I that I work for, I'm the consultant for it, but I have a contract manager that manages the contract at the company. And the two of us work together primarily for everything. And we, we roll out things to people that way. We... Uh, if something happens, then, you know, the, the operations manager can get it to IT and say, what do you think about this? And then the IT guy can basically do some due diligence on that end. And, and so it, it, it's a process of organization of people first and then putting the different things in place one piece at a time, putting a computer use or a device use policy in place, uh, getting stuff together if you ever have cyber insurance or what documentation you'll need, getting a document together that has all the serial numbers of all your equipment. And uh, anyway, we can go on and on, but but I'm saying it's it's these kind of things that you just work on one step after the next step after the next step. And hey, one, two years later, you go, hey, we're starting to get a very comprehensive uh, you know, figured out IT solution. If there was a big crisis, an earthquake, what would we do? Well, we could have instant, people work from home. All we got to do is look up our plan and follow it. And hey, we, know, we even know who to go to. Hey, Sam at IT and so-and-so um, as the uh, operations manager. It starts with you guys. Well, let's call a meeting and have you guys roll this plan out to everybody or whatever else. Uh, it, it's really an organization of people and then putting the building blocks in place one bit at a time. Don't be intimidated by it. Just do it line up on line, Newman. That's correct. And it, it's, it really is not a hard thing to get done. It's that, does anybody want to take the time? Well, if your business suffers because of an employer, things like that, then yes, it is worth the time to do. And again, when I started out in IT, there was not a lot of regulation. There was not a lot of um, 
you know, who's responsible and this kind of stuff, because a lot of that hadn't been figured out. We're far down the road from that yesteryear reality, folks. This is a very defined industry, and it's got consequences, and it's got reality, and it's got solutions, and it's got and, – and the key is to, to really work on that and, and, and plug your – it reminds me of a business plan. You know, in the, in the early days, a yep. business plan was something you had to really come up with all yourself. Now a business plan, for the most part, is fairly boilerplate in nature. Now, I'm not saying that, that the uniqueness of the plan can't come shine, and the uniqueness of your IT plan yeah. can shine too. But it starts with these boilerplates. We've learned over time, hey, when it comes to email, for example, what you can and cannot do or what you should and should not do. Uh, one of the things that I tell people a lot of times too is, for example, don't use those automated bots in terms of I'm on vacation or whatever. All you're doing is telling everybody this is a valid email address. Please spam me till the cows come home, right? And that's the key is, that especially with the out of office, if they reply to all instead of internal people or the actual person in the email, we've had that happen at companies where they reply to all and a scammer gets their email and all of a sudden they've just, they've got everything under the sun in their mailbox and they don't know what happened. And then all of a sudden now they have to have a cost to buy a spam filter where they never had that before. So, yeah, it, it creates havoc when people don't constantly think. But the good news is this isn't rocket science. Yes, it's technical. Uh, but you know what? If you get people who are technical that can surround you, it's all about surrounding yourself with the right people. If you're the operations manager or even if you're the IT person on site, you might handle the day-to-day you know, reset printers, uh, you know, reset somebody's password, um, you know, get somebody signed up for this account because they need a new service or, you know, you might do a lot of the basic IT, but then you might surround yourself with this top-notch security team to take care of a lot of the things that you can't. And now what you're doing is putting together, in my opinion, a real plan for success. And that term is defined by co-manage. We can come in and we can help the current IT guy and help him to become a rock star, a superhero, where we can provide some structure where he's really not able to define it because he's in a, such a reactive mode. We want to help him with policies, procedures, and things like that that will get him proactive and the monitoring tools in his hand. Now, one of the big key issues when we talk about these computer use policies or some of these things, how do you get your employees on board? This is really something important because it, at first glance, if you do it wrong, then the company is on one side. You got the man, the corporation, and they're at enemies with the employee and stuff like that. It doesn't have to be that way. You can back into this thing uh, politely and kindly, and we can teach the employees this policy protects them. It is not a problem where we're locking you down. We don't trust you. We don't believe in you. It's none of that. It's, hey. We can put things in place that will actually protect you and make your life go very well. And I think it's how we deliver that discussion uh, to a lot of these people that makes the difference, whether they're going to fight us about it or whether they're literally on board and become our advocates, Newman. And maybe you actually involve the employee to say, here's the base. Now, we can take some things out. We can add some things, maybe have them as part of the process. And then when they're doing weird policies, say, Okay, as an IT, let's explain this, why this policy wouldn't be good to allow to happen. And it's really education because the end user doesn't know. They're, they went to school to be a doctor, a nurse, things like that. They didn't go to school to learn IT. And that's where the knowledge of the IT administrator needs to say, 
here's why we don't do this and give the reasons. That's what's in the document that we provide for customers is that we can actually tell them, hey, this has been known to do this and we can give examples if you need it. And I think aligning everybody with the interest is the key. Helping people understand, look, this isn't that we don't trust you. That's not the point. It's that we don't want you liable for things. And what you're doing is you're, minima- you're mitigating your risk uh, with the plan we're putting in place. So how good is your computer use policy? I'm going to call it a device use policy because of modern times. Uh, what is this policy? It's literally a blueprint so people know what they can do and can't do, should do and should not do. And then it puts things in place if you've violated it. Hey, how do we help you get the training or how do we help you? It's not always just, you know, it's going to be horrible consequences. This policy is meant to help, not to hinder. It's not an attack policy. It's a policy to say, hey, if this is breached, bad things can happen. How do we help you learn to live within these guidelines? It's kind of like uh, a teenager taking a, you know, they, they drive for so many hours before they get their driver's license. It's not that we don't trust that kid. It's that we want them to have the experience and the discipline and the understanding to be self-governed on the road. Same thing's true with these use policies. We want you to be self-governed and understand with devices, here's what prospers your company, right? It's so true because really it's just about education. The document is an education document for the end user to finally get a clear picture of, oh, that's why I shouldn't do that, or that's why I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't save my passwords in Google because it's easily hacked. There's things like that that we can help with. By the way, we just talked to Google, and they should basically take away that whole opportunity in the first place. Amen. (laughs) I think a password manager is one of the biggest keys to the exercise as well. A good quality password manager uh, can make a world of difference to make sure your passwords are strong and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Sean, what have we left out that I I need to make sure people are aware of? Anything? I think the biggest thing is is that uh, when this document, when we provide these documents for people, we also have a signature page so that they really are liable at this point for things that they do because we don't want a lot of things coming out and then saying, oh, well, IT will react if I get a virus. Yeah, we have antivirus on there. Antivirus has to be regularly tested and checked to see if you're using the right antivirus or if the company's kind of gone downhill in their protection. IT has a lot to do in the background. What you're trying to do is alleviate all those headaches so that the user's informed and they know what to do and what not to do. When we do this for companies, our processes go down. We actually can do more proactive things like upgrade servers, things like that. It's very Like I say, a bad day is when people are thinking about IT. A great day is when people are just doing their jobs and IT just works. They don't think about us at all. That's a great IT day. Not because we don't want to work, but because we want things to run so smoothly that you don't even think about IT. It just works for you. And that's when you know your IT company is doing a good job when things are just smooth and, and rolling. Now, sometimes when things go bad, you're in the trenches and you see them working hard. That counts, too. But that should be an exception uh, not the standard uh, so for sure. All right. So tell people true. how they can get their use policy. Newman. So what you can do is uh, if you go to networkprovidersinc.com and you put in a request, we can actually give you a call, talk to you about it, maybe do a risk assessment and 
try to define the parameters of what you need in the computer use policy. It's very It effective. doesn't take forever. It doesn't take a lot of work. What you need is kind of a, I'm going to call it a tour guide. We're your IT tour guide to help you kind of walk through this thing, dot the I's, cross the T's, and pretty soon you have it in place. And then it's just training to support that effort. Yeah. Mr. Newman, thank you so much, sir. We'll have you back. We're going to talk about cyber insurance uh, in one of the next episodes here soon, too, because it's critical for businesses in modern day as well. Thank you, Newman. Thank you. TechWatch Radio, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to go to our website, networkprovidersinc.com, nbitechguys.com, we keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. Hey, make it a great tech day, will you? Thanks. Thanks.